Hi, Wildwood. Today we'll be entering into dialogue surrounding the parable of the unmerciful servant. According to Oxford Dictionary, a parable is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or a spiritual truth as told by Jesus in the Gospels. Often, Jesus' parables are told to represent the realm of God. They address the problem of how can we begin to understand the realm of God when we struggle to even wrap our minds around our ideas of God. The Synoptic Gospels alone use a variation of the phrase, the kingdom of God, 82 times. Each parable, a glimpse into the nature and ethics of God's realm growing around us. Thomas Aquinas advocated for a philosophical idea called analogical predication, which held that none of our words or concepts could really grasp, even describe God. So according to Aquinas, when we speak about God, we are entirely speaking through analogies. If you're interested in reading more on analogical predication, I included a link to an article in the sermon notes that will be posted online. Put onto the parable. Personally, I love parables because I see them as an invitation. In pondering parables, I find myself free to wonder, free to doubt, and free to discuss with our community. Parables remind me of the Jewish tradition of Midrash, which encourages open space for discussion and analysis of scripture. Often in church history, scripture has been used to end discussions, but what if instead scripture is used to begin conversations? Today we'll be looking at Matthew 18, 21-53 from the Inclusive Bible. Peter came up and asked Jesus, When a sister or brother wrongs me, how many times must I forgive? Seven times? No. Jesus replied, Not seven times, but seventy times seven. And here's why. Let's pause for a moment. Here Jesus inverts and reverses the ethic laid out by Lamech in Genesis 4, 23-24. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, listen to me, wives of Lamech. Hear my words. I've killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech seventy times seven. Isn't that just like human vengeance? To believe that the best way to seek justice for oneself is to exponentially increase retaliation beyond what even the ancestors considered. Here, the authors framed this kingdom of heaven parable, a teaching from Jesus, that replaces magnified vengeance with magnified grace. It's not really about numbering and counting off, did I hit my 70 times 7 with this person? Can I stop forgiving them? It's about inverting our earthly tendency to spread harm even further. Already this kingdom of heaven is looking very different from the kingdoms of earthly rulers. Let's continue on to the passage. The kingdom of heaven is like a ruler who decided to settle accounts with the royal officials. When the audit was began, one was brought in who owed tens of millions of dollars. As the debtor had no way of paying, the ruler ordered this official to be sold, along with his family, 
and property in payment of the debt. At this, the official bowed down in homage and said, I beg of you, your highness, be patient with me and I will pay you back in full. Moved with pity, the ruler let the official go and wrote off the debt. Then that same official went out and met a colleague who owed him $20. The official seized and throttled this debtor with the demand, pay back what you owe me. The debtor dropped to the ground and began to plead, just give me more time and I'll pay you back in full. But the official would not hear of it and instead had the colleague put in debtor's prison until the money was paid. When the other officials saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and went to the ruler reporting the entire incident. The ruler sent for the official and said, You worthless wretch, I cancelled your entire debt when you pleaded with me. Should you not have dealt mercy with your colleague as I dealt with you? But in anger, the ruler handed the official over to be tortured until the debt had been paid in full. My Abba in heaven will treat you exactly the same way unless you truly forgive your brothers and sisters from the bottom of your heart. Living in a kingdom of forgiveness does not mean that we don't need healthy boundaries. And it does not mean letting, it does not mean we stop seeking justice. We can uphold justice and we can enforce boundaries while still letting the work of forgiveness put an end to the offenses and hurt we carry. This June is a special season of justice. Black Lives Matter, Pride Month, National Indigenous History Month, have all converged this year. There is a lot here that I can't personally speak to, outside of my positionality, and I choose to let other voices address those themes. But I have two limited reflections on this season that I feel comfortable in sharing. First, I want to thank people of color in the church who have forgiven me of my ignorance and extended grace to me. I thank you for the chance to learn, to grow, to be better. Living in a society that's built on racism, unconscious biases are picked up everywhere. And it's not an excuse for our actions, but as a group of people seeking to follow Christ in community, we need to be ready to deal with racism when it surfaces, even if it is surfacing unintentionally. This is something for us to figure out together, but I hope that when we cause harm, we can be quick to confess it, to repent from it, and to be better. And I hope that we can forgive the pain that we bring one another. A few years ago, I had a conversation with a Christian friend who came up to me and said, do you remember what you said yesterday? I didn't. No recollection of it. But I had uh, made a racist comment. I wasn't planning on being racist. This person was a good friend of mine. But I had subconsciously still expressed racist ideas. And I thank this friend. I thank them for coming to me and for giving me the chance to acknowledge what I had done and to make it right. And to return you to the body of Christ in that way. If you are uh, interested in learning more about unconscious racial biases, there's a video from Robin D'Angelo that I've included in the sermon notes called Why I'm Not a Racist is Only Half the Story. And I'd recommend it as a starting point if you want to do more exploration into uh, the Black Lives Matter movement or uh, even National Indigenous History Month here in Canada. 
And my uh, second reflection on boundaries and forgiveness uh, comes from my experiences as a gay Christian. I know that sometimes firsthand forgiveness and strong boundaries need to go hand in hand. We can let go of hatred in our hearts and recognize that sometimes toxic people are just still toxic and then put boundaries around those relationships. When I came out, I received hateful messages from fellow Christians. And I've been working to forgive them, most of them. I try, I hope, I pray. And I've even found compassion for many of them, understanding the places that they're coming in, the hurt they carry, and even if I don't agree with them, I have compassion for their situation. However, so with no remorse have cut them out of my life. And I am fine with that. Forgiving those hurts that we carry does not mean that we intend to leave ourselves to endure further abuse and hurt from people. For the person who felt the need to text me every Monday after men's prayer telling me why I was going to help, I don't feel bad for blocking them and cutting them out and having that gone. However, I have forgiven them. And I hope that they can find a life that has more grace for themselves and for others. We can forgive, but if the person you're forgiving does not see the harm of their actions and bring change to them, we don't have to keep that relationship around. Moving on to a, a theological reflection of the parable. As I mentioned earlier, parables should invite conversation. So, like what I say, discuss it. Disagree with what I say, discuss it. Have a different take on the parable, discuss it. Let's, even through physical distancing via church, that continues to have good discussions and good reflections together. Knowing what Christ has done for each of us, this parable offers a caution against becoming entitled and arrogant in our salvation and judging others from this place. Last week, Ben had some incredible insights on the parable of the lost sheep, helping us understand the experiences of people who are isolated, lost, and lonely. The Christianity that I grew up around was quick to draw lines and make judgments who is lost, who is found, who is saved, who is damned, who is good, who is evil, on and on and on. Drawing lines and producing dichotomies. However, this parable of the unmerciful servant asks us to put aside our perceived right to judge. God knows. And often keeps that information to himself. God knows people's hearts. And whether they are lost or found, God's command is the same, asking us to love them. This parable challenges me. For the times I have denied others the grace given to me and acted in judgment, and it challenges me for the unforgiveness that I carry in my heart. Outside our living room is a field of dandelions. And in a way, dandelions are kind of like a heart gardens. I can pull up all the dandelions
happy lions from my garden. Just like I can deal with all the unforgiveness in my heart. But wait a month, and the garden will be full of dandelions, and my heart will have accumulated another fair share of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a prolific spreader. And while living in semi-isolation during COVID, there are plenty of opportunities for unforgiveness to build up in our closest relationships if we are not constantly trying to have grace and intentionally trying to forgive. Parables like this one are a reminder that we have been lavished with grace. That, that living according to the realm of God, we are asked to replace our attitudes of unforgiveness with attitudes marked by grace. And these are just my thoughts on this parable. I implore you to ponder this parable and glimpse the realm of God within it. And as Rachel Held Evans discovered, Sometimes these gospel stories step on your toes. Sometimes they challenge or annoy. Sometimes they force you to confront your privilege, your pride, or your wild lack of imagination, which how reckless and wild and indiscriminate the Holy Spirit can be. Have a good day, everyone.